Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I am your host, Greg DeScott, and I'm welcoming you to the Fancy File Podcast, the greatest podcast ever, maybe? Underground? Above ground? Midground? Somewhere there, groundish. We'll ground this joke right now. Uh, I want to welcome all of you who are listening. I am here with an excellent group of co hosts and co panelists, co pilots. We're still on the plane. Uh, I have with me Mick. Mick, how are you doing today? Doing wonderful. You look wonderful. Thank you. Would you like to tell us something about yourself today? Like something like clever? So, uh, today is, I'm just figuring out or pretending that this is the Christmas episode. So I'm wearing my Christmas sweater, which has three velociraptors. Those are dinosaurs for those not in the know. Uh, And they're dressed as wise men. Um, but they're female because if you clone dinosaurs, you have to keep it under control. So, uh, they're my three clever girls. Very good. Thank you. Did you wear that to work today? I did not. Okay. I was wearing... I think you should. See if people figure it out. They won't. That's good. Because they're French. I don't even know what the quote is in French. Well, you can explain it to them. We also have with us uh, another co-host, uh, Melanie, the token female of the crew. How are you today? I'm good. Excellent. Is there something you would like to share with so uh, the audience? Mick is wearing an ugly Christmas sweater that is not that ugly. Thank you. I might add. And I'm wearing pajamas. I am not wearing pajamas. Good. By the way. Good. And so what motivated you to wear pajamas? So what time is it? So basically, you're going you're going to bed ten after eight. So this is my usual bedtime. So I should be in bed at this time, but I made a sacrifice for you guys. The fancy file lights is that what they're called? Sure. The fancy file lights. (laughs) The fans. The no. But can we be fancy file lights if we are the fancy files? I don't know. I'm very. We're the fancies. Okay, all I'm saying is, doing it for the fans, okay? I'm up past my bedtime. Okay, so you're not doing it for us, you're doing it for the fans. No, I'm actually doing it for Jesus. Very good. But... Big save. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm up past my bedtime, so I was like, might as well just come wearing my pajamas, and then when I get home, I'm ready to jump into bed and turn off the lights, so... Records, puts the mic down, gone, right to bed. Exactly. Good. This is this is an interesting start. We have someone who's wearing Velociraptor sweater. You're in your PJs. Mm-hmm. Everyone's very comfortable what when about they're you, recording. Greg? The f- I'm norm like wearing what I normally do. I'm not wearing my hat. Now I am. We have Problem no solved. proof that that's not his PJs mm. or I don't his Christmas attire. I mean, I am wearing jeans, and men do fall asleep in jeans. Yeah. They can be very comfortable. Shout out. To Wranglers, I think. I better double check that. I'm pretty (laughs) sure it's Wranglers because that's what I go for. Uh, Not a sponsor of the podcast, by the way. Yes. Do you think they would sponsor a Christian podcast? Look, I don't know. Don't they sell their stuff at Walmart? Also not a uh, sponsor. (laughs) Shout out to Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) I think I bought these off of Amazon. Shout out to Amazon. All non-sponsors of the Fancy File Podcast. Yes. Not encouraging anyone to buy these products or to go shopping at these places. No. 
So they're just comfortable. Just telling people where we went. Yeah. Right. Just like you're wearing a steel hat. Yes, the We're finest, not shouting out the steel. No, they're just finest chainsaws. Yeah. For those of you who don't know Mick, Mick likes to the persona of like he works on a farm. Yeah, and it's the furthest thing. But you know what? Dress for the job you want. But you you do live a life as if you live on a farm. Yes. It's the smell, mostly. <laughs> Very good. Which smell gets you the most? Oh, that's <laughs> oil. Where are we going? Is there... Is there okay, we're good. <laughs> we're going to add that. The second plate, the lad. Mick, tell our lovely listening audience where they can find us. Now, they've already found us if they're listening. <laughs> yes. But just as a reminder. So... Currently, this season can be found on all streaming services, including now Audible. Uh, so it's not an audiobook, but it's on there, and it's free. And I don't think you need a token to get it. So okay. that's r- really good and interesting. Um, yeah. Do you good. know where seventeen of the U.S.'s largest mountains, highest mountains, are found? Vermont. You're wrong. It's actually Alaska. Can I? Well, and so I'd gonna... like to shout out to all our fans in Alaska. <laughs> yes. Uh, which is another place I found out our podcast can be found. That's true. Hopefully it can be found around the entirety of the world. Yeah. But we were talking about, you know, penguins a few episodes back, like 20 episodes back. The Pittsburgh penguins? No. Like that penguins could essentially at one point listen to our podcast. So you're saying that in Antarctica, they th- can hear it. I think we're getting closer. Okay. Are you working on that? Well, listen, the future is now. <laughs> very good. Yes, we, we did receive a very nice letter from a fan uh, in in Alaska. Thank you very much. And we would like to encourage the listening audience, if you have any questions or comments or you want to reach out uh, to do so, uh, we would advise that you, um, if you haven't already, look us up on Facebook on the Fancy File Podcast uh, Facebook page. And that would be the best place to reach us at. And we will try to be quick in our responses. Uh, and and we do invite questions. Uh, I mean, we don't invite people to write in to be nasty. We're not, I mean, that obviously is not, uh, you know, appropriate Christian uh, conduct. But if you honestly, if there's something that we said that you're not sure of, or, or maybe you'd like us to elaborate on something, uh, sometimes we misspeak. We're not professional theologians or anything like that. We're students of the word, uh, working. Some of us are working our way towards, uh, legitimate full-time ministry. Legitimate meaning you get paid for it. Not, but that sounds wrong though, the way I said that. But anyways, this, that's, we're in North America. Uh, if you're not being paid for ministry and you didn't spend, uh, five years in Bible college, people don't look at you like you're, uh, to be listened to in some cases. So that's anyways, but yes, uh, but we are students of the Word. We love the Word of God. We're also learning, uh, and it can be quite easy uh, to, at times, misspeak or misquote stuff. Um, so if you want something to, that we said something that you want clarification on, we have no problem uh, in, in writing to you. And if we get enough questions, we would do a question and answer program, but we're not there yet. And we're not just going to make up questions. We could, we could, but that would be, it would be, I was like, what is your opinion on warp technology? Don't, Melanie. Don't get me started. <laughs> oh Melanie's like, what's that? I'm like, I have no idea how to yeah. answer this. 
We know. <laughs> Please don't ask. Okay, so we are going through a series in Revelation. And we've been going through these seven churches, I, as you would know by the title, I assume. Uh, and we're in the second letter that was written to the church of, I believe it's Smyrna. Yes. Got out my notes in front of me. So this is the persecuted church. And so persecution, not a popular topic, however necessary to be discussed because the Word of God discuss it. And we believe that the, that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, that it's not, it doesn't just merely contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. And so everything that it says we believe is God-breathed. Uh, and is profitable for doctrine, is profitable for correction, is, is pro profitable for living our lives. So we're, we don't want to overlook things. And I, I do feel that perhaps persecution is overlooked a bit uh, in some Western churches, not all of them. We don't want to say that all churches do that. Uh, that's not the case. We do know that there are Christians uh, in non-persecuted nations that are very aware and sensitive to the needs of those Christians who are suffering. Uh, but it, it is, I think it's very important for us to, to know what the Bible has to say about it, to understand that this could happen to us, uh, and that does happen to us in, in, the Western, in, in Western nations. Maybe not on the same level as some countries where they're thrown in jail for their faith or violently attacked for their faith or even killed for their faith, but you as a Christian will face hard times merely because you are a Christian. You will be rejected at times because you're a Christian. You won't be accepted in some cases by your own family, by friends, by coworkers, by neighbors, and maybe even in some cases a church because you're a Christian. And, and I know that's not going to jail. I know that's not being killed, but it's still, who wants to be rejected? Jesus was rejected. He was rejected by, by his own people. And so when you're rejected, you're in good company. So I'd like to ask Mick uh, to read Revelation chapter 2, 8 to 11. Read the whole thing. So if people are jumping in for the first time, I'll have the whole context. Perfect. I'm reading from the New King James. Oh, very good. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last who is dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation, and poverty. But you are rich, and I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Amen. Thank you very much. If this is your first time listening to the Fancy File podcast or you've just joined us recently, what we intend to do, uh, the purpose of this podcast is to go through Bible uh, passages and study it as if it was a Bible study. So in many ways, the way we're doing this is, is it's as if it's our own personal study that we actually do have amongst ourselves and other uh, Christian friends, uh, and some of you would be aware of them that you've heard them on the podcast uh, in the past, and so we just we believe in diving in. We like going verse by verse. That's why sometimes it takes us a long time to get through a lot of verses, and maybe some people don't like that. 
And maybe, hey, look, if you don't like that, that's not for you. That's fine. There's many podcasts out there that don't that that might be more um, better equipped for you, if that's a way of putting it. Uh, but we believe in, in going in the Word of God, diving in, studying it, talking about it, explaining it. Uh, and hopefully it's a blessing to you. So where we are in this, uh, we're actually at verse 10. If you if this is your first one, I recommend maybe going back and listening to some previous ones. I believe this is the sixth episode we've done in Smyrna. Yep. The sixth. Good. Mick's been paying attention. I've like been it. attending. Yes, that's true. <laughs> okay. So, Jesus gives this church an exhortation and a promise. Uh, and he also shares some prophecy regarding what is to come for the church. So, if they thought that they had it bad, uh, it was about to get much worse. And and that's kind of the thing with persecution is that, like, a storm may come, but we, and maybe we kind of think, well, that's it. But then it's like, well, then there's worse storms that are coming. And maybe you've experienced that in your life. Maybe not to the degree that the Smyrna church is facing, but you know, like when something hits you hard and then it's like right after it's like another storm comes, like you don't even have time to recover. And it's like, what, like what is going on here? Why is this happening? And sometimes we'll blame ourselves for it or, you know, or we'll think God is mean or out to get us and, and, and all these things that we'll think of in our minds. Uh, but the reality is this is what, this is what happens. I mean, in context, you, you think this is first century Christianity, Rome. This is around a time where, uh, well, this I, I think this was what, written 90, maybe around the 90s. I know there is much debate on when this was written, uh, but a lot of individuals, and I agree if this would believe, towards the end of the first century, AD. So it's obviously past... Um, Nero, Nero's persecution, uh, and and the name of the Roman emperor who I don't know if it's I'm thinking Diocletian, but I could be wrong. Would anyone here be aware of that? I don't know if you guys have study Bibles in front of you that it might say uh, potentially who the the emperor is. I'll get back to you. Okay, I'll talk and then you can you can bring it. Up. I'm not sure if Diocletian is the right one. I know there was a Diocletian. I'm just not sure if this was uh, during that period of time. Uh, but a- anyways, one thing that is for sure is that they were f- they were suffering. This was a church that was suffering. They were facing severe persecution. Roman Empire Christianity is not really accepted, and uh, they're actually looked upon as like atheists in some cases because. That culture worshipped many deities. And here they are. They're not worshipping the Roman deities. They're looked upon as strange. Like, why aren't you worshipping Roman deities? You know, there would be, uh, they would have to go around and say, Caesar is Lord. And, but yet Christians were not allowed to say that. Our faith prohibits us from declaring anyone else as Lord. So Christians would say Jesus Christ is Lord. Did you have the answer? I have the answer. Yeah. So some do think that is uh, during Nero's reign, but uh, it's nearer to the end of Domitian's. That's it. Domitian. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, yes. And I don't think he was a very friendly Caesar. I think no, he history a... hasn't been too kind to uh, a lot of people, Christians no. included. Yeah. So, this church is suffering. 
And and what does the Lord say? Do not fear any of those things which are about which you are about to suffer. If they thought they had it bad, it's about to get worse. More intense trials are coming. And yet the Lord tells them. And also us that we're going to face trials. Okay, he doesn't hide it. I said it in a few podcasts and I'm going to say it again, it's very important. As Christians, there is no magical formula. There is no magical profession of faith that will prevent you from facing storms. Now, there are certain situations we ourselves can put ourselves in that will bring storms in themselves. If you're living in sin, you're going to bring consequences into your life because of that. So obviously, if you're not living in sin, those consequences won't follow. But that's not what's going on here. This is not a church that invited this in because of a lifestyle they're living. These are godly Christians. This is one of a few letters, uh, church. I should say church, where the Lord doesn't actually have a word of rebuke for them. Mm-hmm. We don't see that in the message to Smyrna. So this was a church that, oh, well, they didn't have the right profession of faith or there was something wrong there. No, because if that is true, if you believe you need to have a right profession of faith to speak away storms and persecution, here is a perfect opportunity for Jesus Christ to tell them, the reason you're suffering is because you don't have a profession of faith, and let me tell you what to say. But he doesn't say that. He actually says the opposite. And all out through the word of God, those who want to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's actually a promise. Wouldn't it be a promise you would put in your promise box of scriptures, so to speak? That wouldn't go over well. Uh, that wouldn't sell for, for very many Christians. Yeah, you could sneak it in. Well, you might want to sneak it in and then be like, no, I'm not accepting that one. But we don't realize that. Like, the Lord does tell us that this is going to happen. There's no magical profession. Uh, and, and, I, and I feel bad for Christians who live under that. And, and it's not to put them down to say that, you know, and, and if you believe this, I'm not putting you down and saying you're a bad Christian, that you, you know, you, you don't love the Lord. You might have heard something, you know, a, a trusted speaker speak that over you and, and, and you've, okay, I'm going to accept that because, I mean, who wants to, to suffer, right? Like, it's, nobody wants to. It's not, it goes against really our, our, our nature to self-preservation. So it's not to attack you. But the danger is, this is why I feel sorry for people who are under this, is they'll think it's their fault. They don't have enough faith. They don't have enough this. They don't have enough that. And they'll get weary. And they'll, some may even leave the faith because of that, because they were taught wrong. So if you're listening and that's you, I encourage you, Sure, don't take our word for it, because you might be thinking, who are you to say that over me? You're not a pastor. You're not this. You're not that. That's true. I'm not a pastor. Go to the Word of God. Go to Jesus. Go to the Word of God. Don't go and have some type of prayer session where you think Jesus is telling you the answer. The answer is in the Word of God. Go to the Word of God. You can ask the Lord for wisdom to show you in Scripture, but go in Scripture. But what does he tell us? 
He says, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Don't fear. Fear not. We've heard the fear not so many times. I've heard pastors say it's found 365 or 66 or whatever, or 61 or 60 days, whatever. And, and maybe that's true. I haven't counted it. If that's the case, that's kind of cool. Um, regardless, even if it's one time, if he says fear not, that's enough. And for, for us as believers, this is something we need to read. You are going to have storms, but you don't need to fear the storms. You don't need to be afraid of the storms. The storms are not there to destroy you. The Lord actually has redemptive purposes in allowing storms into your lives. And we went through those things in, in a previous podcast. So actually, uh, to my co-hosts, panelists, I uh, have a question. Um, because it's easy to say, fear not, right? I'm not saying that the Lord is coming and saying, you know, oh, it's easy for him to say that. No, when he says it, we can trust him, right? But for us, what can we do to not fear those storms? Uh, there's a passage, I believe, in Galatians 5, I think, that says something along the lines of those who walk according to the uh, the spirit will not yeah will not fulfill the the desires of the flesh i think for us it's super relevant to bear in mind those passages because there's several that kind of speak on that topic but this idea that as we um walk in the spirit according to the will of god there is this aspect of our faith that is strengthened where we will not indulge in these things that our hearts so desire uh, in the flesh. Fear is one of them because fear is active. Fear is very active. Uh, anxiety is very active. You're doing something. You're, it is, you're not just waiting. And I think for many, myself included, waiting is difficult. Waiting is not in your hands. It's not in your control. And I think when we're called to not fear, we're called to acknowledge that we're not in control and that because we're not in control, we don't have to fear. Sure, it's a command that we you know, do not, but I think it's also quite the blessing that we are invited not to fear because we don't have to. God is sovereign. The blood of the cross, you know, the bl blood of Christ is sufficient. Calvary was enough. There's never going to, you know, we're never going to need an extra blood, a drop of blood or anything like that. It's done. This is a tough one, Greg, because I'm someone who's very fearful. Um, but, like you said, if you read the word and you remember God's character, I find that there is much peace and comfort to that. So, for example, I'm not going to lie, like right now, I'm a little bit fearful, like in this moment of my life. And so, I'm trying to remember God's character and I'm trying to lean on his promises, but also... I'm trying to ask him to give me more faith 
and more wisdom and um, I'm asking him for his help and I want to rest in him and I want to find comfort in him and so also the word is also very comforting um, and like memorizing scripture and like remembering Bible passages like you said that bring us comfort um, is definitely the key one of the keys do you guys feel at times fear is a choice? Hmm. And not in every situation. Just at times. Do you think that there can be times that we actually choose to give into it? Yeah. I'll agree with that. I think that in some some ways, fear is a choice. Um, kind of like I was saying, right? It's active. And uh, I know that if I'm being fearful or anxious about something, that that's kind of on me. Generally, um, if you know you have a predisposition to be anxious or fearful, you just kind of think about it and you're like, wait a sec. These are always the thoughts I have in moments of trials. And I have the choice either to feed those thoughts or to let them die out. You know, like uh, that proverb, not from the Bible, just that worldly proverb of the two wolves it's like i have two wolves inside whoever wins the fight well it's the one i feed so if i'm feeding fear well fear is going to be leading in my heart leading in my life and it's a choice in that capacity but i think that choice might be imposed on us sometimes can you repeat your question Do you think fear can be a choice yes um I think also, like, this is something that can be applicable for everything in your life as a Christian. When you receive a new identity in Christ and you become regenerate, your identity anymore is not fear. Like, it's not being a fearful person. And so you can choose not to live in fear, right? But that old, I guess, sin nature that we have... Like it sometimes creeps in and it tries to like steal your joy and it makes you fearful. But you have the choice to say, hey, no, not today, Satan, not tomorrow, <laughs> not the day after that. <laughs> but you have to make that choice every day. Right. Like in this moment, I have to make the choice to not be fearful. Um, so, yeah, like it's really, really, really hard because we have these emotions and we filter things through our emotions. And so if I'm feeling an emotion, well, that means I'm fearful. No, but I have the spirit in me and I can overcome that. And I can be like, no, the Bible says this. Or like you said, God is sovereign. His promises are true. He, Jesus promises that he's going to be with me until the end. Like all these things about scripture are more true than our fears. Mic drop do that thank you <laughs> thank you for not doing it or thank you for saying what you said both <laughs> i'm just thinking because of how the lord words it like do not fear any of those things which are about you're about to suffer so if he's telling us not to do it that means we can make a choice not to mm. and so i think that might be hard today for our 21st century over caffeinated over anxious minds because I think so often we just we haven't trained ourselves to discipline ourselves with our emotions mm -hmm. and 
that can be done. Amen. It's not done overnight. And it's not to attack anybody, you know, if you're struggling with that. And I think to a degree, even in this podcast, we would admit to struggling or going through periods of time where we do struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And that's not to put us down. But we can get to a place where we can learn to conquer these things. Because God wouldn't tell us to do something if it wouldn't be within the possibility of doing that. Now, obviously, we're not doing it in our own strength. We're doing it with the power of the Holy Spirit. But I was just thinking, okay, there's t- there might be times in our lives where we're afraid of something. I mean, you can think as a child. You can go all the way back to that moment when you're afraid of something. And maybe it was just an irrational fear. Maybe you had a fear something was living under your bed, something in the closet. You know, like kids are afraid. Or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's an, ir- an irrational fear of something on television. Mm-hmm. You, you see a TV show. Um, and but what happens your parents come in and then tell you there's nothing to be afraid of mm-hmm. they show you under the bed there's nothing there they show you that there's nothing in the closet and sometimes you know for kids they'll put a little nightlight on to kind of illuminate the room so you're not seeing you know allowing your imagination to run wild and then that child will then believe well I don't have anything to worry about so that fear then is conquered mm-hmm. and I feel that as Christians, there might be things that we're afraid of. But then, what do we do? Well, we, f- we have to bring truth to light. Amen. And so it's like putting that little nightlight on. The nightlight of truth, I'll just say. Uh, no, nothing like that exists to go out and buy. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe there is, who knows. Uh, but you examine the Word of God, or what you're afraid of to the Word of God, or you even you know compare it to the Lord, and if you can get to that place where you can really trust Him, He can help you to conquer that fear. Because if not, if not, then there's actually you would have to then admit there's something that Jesus did not conquer at Calvary, mm-hmm. and if you believe that, that is a dangerous place. And I do want to make it clear that we're not right, that we are not, and that the verse is not advocating for. A Christian life that is devoid of feelings, you know, um, being fearful for some things is important. Should probably not go swimming in a stink bit, mm-hmm. um, right? You shouldn't put your face where spiders are at. Kind of, you know, normal stuff. But there's healthy levels of fears. But in context, right? We're being called to not fear. Well, they're being called to not fear the things which they are about to suffer. Uh, you know, that will be done to them. And it's like, okay, the persecution is what we're called not to fear um, here. And it's like, I think it's because God knows that that persecution would be completely rational to fear. Absolutely. It's like red hot pokers, uh, flaming hot Cheetos, whatever it is. uh, It's bad. And flaming hot Cheetos? I have a bet. I just observed the system. Oh, okay. So that would be, you know. But ultimately, the Christian life is a life that's full of emotions because God has created them. Right. Right? And I think we can't lose track of that. But the funny thing is, is that in some cases, as a being on the Pentecostal charismatic side of theology, 
you'll have Christians that will be like, learn to control your emotions and your excitement, right? And then everyone agrees with that because you can get really excited. I know I'm an excitable person. Yes. I'm the type of person that gets excited at sporting events. I don't just sit there with my arms crossed looking very upset all the time. Uh, and so I can get excited in church. But now imagine if I really let loose and like the pastor said something like, amen, I stood up and yes, and ran around the room shouting and screaming and clapping. And I mean, there are some Pentecostal and charismatic churches where that happens and uh, perhaps there might be moments in your Christian walk where getting excited and expressing it is is fine. Uh, but but what would most Christians say if I did that in a church service? You're interrupting the church service. You need to control your emotions. Why is it okay to tell Christians to control your emotions with excitement, but you can't when you're afraid? Oh, no, no, no. You can't control that. Right? It's. I think that's the thing, is that we've come to a place where Allowing certain types of emotions, which, I mean, like you said, emotions were created by God. Uh, and there is obviously a, a good place for fear. We should have a healthy fear of things. Like, you should be afraid of walking onto the highway with traffic. That that could kill you. Because if you didn't, you might go and do it. Like, I don't believe that. Boom. You know, like, game over. Like, there's obviously healthy, appropriate fear. But then there's like, well, when fear then controls you. And that is where, you know, we need to learn how to conquer that. It can be conquered and it can be conquered with the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you want to add something? Yes. Uh, this is a little bit intense, what I'm about to share and a little bit maybe sobering. But um, it kind of this verse, verse 10 kind of reminds me of like the story of a martyr in... I don't know what year, but her name was Perpetua. And um, so she was basically like a first century Christian. And they were doing house church because of persecution in Rome, um, like the Roman Empire. And, um, and they were about to be fed to wild beasts because they were living out their faith and Christianity was legal. And they were terrified. Um, she was a mother of like the, of an infant, and her parents were telling her to renounce her faith. And she was like, I can't do it, I can't do it. And I can't remember if the baby died too or whatever. But before they go into this arena to get eaten by these wild beasts, she gets this vision of... Um, them in heaven with Jesus or something along those lines or of heaven and like the great reward that they're going to get. And she shares this with like the other Christians that are with her. And it just like really strengthens them and encourages them. And it gives them the strength to face this terrible trial and they die with honor and they die looking forward, like almost like with smiles on their faces, like in such peace and the person that delivered them to these wild beasts converted and was, I don't know if he converted. Okay. I don't want to like misspeak. You don't quote me on this, but like he was very touched by the testimony and he wrote like there was like writings by this person um, because he was like a witness of what happened. And so look it up. Um, her name is Perpetua. It's a really beautiful story. It's really amazing. There's even 
um, a Torchlighters episode on this. So if ever you're interested, very good story that reminds me of this verse. Very good. There is something very important we forgot to add earlier in our discussion. Mick is wearing fancy socks. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't know if you did that on purpose, but I just noticed it. Sock well, fancy. Yeah, these are the socks I own. The only sock? Well, I think by looking at it, I might conclude that that would be true. <laughs> that, that's fair. Um, well, I think we're going to land a plane for this episode of The Fancy Files. Uh, there was a lot that we said, a lot to digest. Uh, I would say this. If you're going through something where you are dealing with fear, you're a Christian, bring it to the Lord. Like, honestly, bring it to the Lord. Seek Him on it. I believe that God is able to deliver His people. And he can help you through this. And that's not to minimize what you're going through. You may be going through something very intense, very scary. Uh, and, 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 you know, and, and we're not also not minimizing the fact that we know that there are people that, that suffer from legitimate uh, issues that cause, you know, and, and their thinking to go off and that. And, and so uh, if that's you, if you're on medication, we're in no way saying that, that, that get off of it. And, you know, if you do believe the Lord delivered you and that you're set free, obviously deal with a doctor. Because unfortunately, there's medication out there that can do damage if you just try to jump off of it. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't want at all to tell anyone to do that without uh, seeing a, a physician over that. Uh, but we do believe the Lord delivers. We would encourage you to seek the Lord. And that's how we believe that you are going to overcome this is by bringing it to the Lord in prayer. We did an entire series on anxiety and what are the what does it say in the word? You know, with prayer and thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God. If you're dealing with prayer, bring it to the Lord with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, uh, believing that He is able. We need to become a people, once again, that believe God is able. We need to believe that. Uh, this church was able to do it. We can do it. We can do it. So, I am your host, Greg the Scott. I thank you for listening. Uh, I also have with me Mick. Thanks for having me. And Melanie. Good night. Good night. (laughs) Or good morning. (laughs) God bless. Take care.